Goff's three minute. Your story. Cause knowledge is Hey, all you cool cats and kittens out there. Is there a more polarizing animal than cats? Love them or hate them? I am decidedly more on the latter side of the equation. However, perhaps nobody loved cats more than the ancient Egyptians. You can see it in their artwork, in their monuments. Take the Great Sphinx, for example, with its body of a cat and face of a human. One of the most revered deities in ancient Egypt was a cat, Bastet the goddess of fertility and the protector of children. Bastet, coupled with Sekhmet, the goddess of war and pestilence, who had the head of a lioness, were quite the feline pair atop the Egyptian hierarchy. Over time, Bastet became greatly revered and feared. Egyptologist Geraldine Pinch writes, quote, From the pyramid text onwards, Bastet has a double aspect of nurturing mother and terrifying avenger. It is the demonic aspect that mainly features in the coffin texts and the Book of the Dead and in medical spells. The slaughterer of Bastet was said to inflict plague and other disasters on humanity. End quote. So a fairly nasty lady not to be messed with. Cats were so beloved that if your house was on fire, you had to save the cats before saving yourself. If your family cat died, all members of the house would shave their eyebrows in mourning. And the penalty for killing a cat? Death. So as you can tell, Egyptians really love their cats. Unfortunately, this love of cats would be the fall of the Egyptians by outsiders who understood their enemy and all it held dear all too well. The Golden Age of Egypt is considered by many scholars to be under the New Kingdom, lasting from 1570 to 1069 BC. It was a time of territorial expansion, military might, and economic abundance. All good things could not last forever, however, and around 1069 the empire began showing cracks. A civil war and other issues brought the New Kingdom to an end, bringing in the Third Intermediate Period. As the civil war divided the people, and Egypt was a jewel in the desert, ripe for attack, with no united defense. Over the next few decades, Egypt was invaded and united by the Nubians, and then they were able to repel the Assyrians. These attacks had taken their toll, however, as the Persians began to plan and execute their own invasion of Egypt. This invasion was triggered by an insult from then Pharaoh Amasis. Pharaoh Amasis is considered to be a great ruler and had begun the task of restoring Egypt to its former glory when a request from a foreign leader would change the course of events forever. Persian king Cambyses II had requested Pharaoh Amasis to create an alliance by sending one of his daughters to be his wife. Amasis did not want to send one of his own daughters as a bride as Egyptian custom frowned upon marrying outside of your own people. So, he sent a daughter of his predecessor to Cambyses to wed. Well, the future bride was so insulted that she chose that she was chosen as a substitute that upon arriving in Persia, spoiled the whole plot and revealed her true identity. This fake wife was apparently worth fighting over and Persia prepared to invade. Most scholars would point out that a Persian invasion was inevitable, but this certainly became the catalyst. By the time of the invasion, Pharaoh Amasis had died, leaving his kingdom to his young son, 
Semitic the third. Semitic had the deck stacked against him from the start. He was young and fairly green at ruling, having only been serving for six months. And on top of that, his father's top military strategist had defected to the Persians, and his Greek allies he depended on never showed up. Even still, he did his best to prepare a national defense to stop the invasion. He prepared the capital of Memphis for a siege and also used a fortress at Pelusium at the mouth of the Nile for his front line against the enemy. Semitic and his Egyptian forces successfully held off the first few waves of the Persian assault when Cambyses decided to change things up a bit. According to Roman historian Polynesus, he had his soldiers paint the image of the cat god Bastet on their shields and then, quote, ranged before his front line, dog, sheep, cats, ibises, and whatever other animals the Egyptians held dear, end quote. The Egyptian soldiers, when faced with these animals that they loved so much, refused to fight in fear of harming even a single one of them and immediately surrendered in retreat. The remaining Egyptian army fled to Memphis where the Persians laid siege to the city as anticipated. Eventually it fell and Semitic was captured. He had remained in relative comfort in captivity for several years until he attempted revolt in which he was summarily executed. With their victories at Pelusium and Memphis, the Persians led by with their victories at Pelusium and Memphis, the Persians led by Cambyses effectively ended Egypt as an independent nation and empire. Egypt would briefly be ruled and retaken by its own people a few times before Alexander the Great would conquer it in 331 BC, before eventually becoming a Roman province in 30 BC. So, whether you're a Carol Baskin or a Joe Exotic, love them or hate them, one thing is for certain. Cambyses' utilization of the Egyptians' favorite felines was a catastrophe. Class dismissed. This podcast, written, produced, and narrated by Isaac Goff in wild, wonderful Wart County, West Virginia. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle.